3: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Monday, June 27th. Hope everybody had a great, phenomenal weekend. I will just say, NBA over. NBA draft over. I barely turned on the TV to watch sports all weekend. It was so joyous. It felt awesome. Went to the beach on Saturday. Beautiful weather. Played some hoops on Saturday morning. We had our hoops league game Sunday night that I'll get to. And then, of course, I recorded a really fun interview with Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. He is the guy who got into it with Draymond Green during one of the post-game press conferences during the finals. He wrote a book on tanking in the NBA, so we brought him on before. This time, we're kind of jumping into the NBA free agency potential chaos of later this week. The NBA, kind of the free agency deadline is creeping up quickly. A lot of big names in the hopper. There's going to be a lot of Kyrie, Kevin Durant stuff coming up. And Jake Fisher helps us break it down. Um, Before I get to, I think, the biggest story in sports, it's going to be Deshaun Watson. I need to just briefly talk to you about my rec league game on Sunday. night. I know there's a massive interest in our league. We are a fairly dominant team. We thought we would run the table. We remember we tried to move up a level after we just destroyed the first two opponents and then we were missing a couple guys and we ended up losing to a team with a a, a bit of a ringer who we will see in the championship. That's 100% lock. Anyways, we we faced a team today and for whatever reason, you know, we had a slow start. We we, we didn't have our big guy, the quarterback from Notre Dame, Dane was out of town. Um but we had two other bigs and I joked on Instagram that we were 14.5-point favorites. Other team jumps out 7-2. Other team jumps out 12-5. Next thing you know, it's 23-12. We're losing, and I'm like, what? what's going on? And again, there is an NBA parallel here because, guys, I-, I can't express it enough. When we are not hitting threes, we cannot get separation. First half, I'm fairly certain we missed all our threes, like 0 for 8. And... It's just, you know, uh, other team, they, they're not shooting through. I mean, I think they hit three threes in the first half. Anyway, second half, me and our guy that we uh, that I call Sanj Clay, this Indian guy who's a little older than I am, he's just such a good shooter. I think he hit three or four threes. Almost had a four-point play. Might have hit five. I don't know. And I hit a, f- a couple, either two or three, and then we had our other guy, Brian, hit one or two. And next thing you know, you look up, and it was like 36 all, and next thing you know, we're up like 18. And they, they scored nine points in the second half. But here's the thing that's interesting. They started talking trash in the first half. And I was a little surprised. You know me. I, I'm getting out there. I'm trying to get cardio. We got eight guys. So I'm picking up full court. I'm trying to get some steals. I'm doing my Alvarado thing, by the way. Did not. Um, it only kind of created one turnover in the game. Not directly. But it forced the guy to pick up the dribble and make a dumb pass. Turnover. Um, and, you know, this one guy who I misjudged a little bit. He had a quick hezzy. And I, I poked it away, and then he got by me, and he said something on the way by. I was like, okay, <laughs> seven minutes into a basketball game, and you're talking trash, okay. And then I noticed they started whining to the refs a lot. And it was all, you know, they, they played smart off the ball with screens. And ultimately, all they did, though, was one-on-one drives. And, you know, we have two bigs, and we just started sitting at home, and they missed a bunch of shots, and then they couldn't drive on us. But the trash talking was really prevalent in the first half. And then we start hitting threes, and you don't really hear that anymore. And this one, you know, a little chubby guy I was guarding who had a quick first step, and I'm picking him up full court. I'm harassing him. I'm in his jersey, and he started to get annoyed with it and would start to, like, when he's dribbling, like throw the chicken wing. Right? He hit me with like three of them. And eventually I said, Ref, watch his elbow. And he got livid. And. I mean, he couldn't do anything about it. You know, he would try to get by me and I would just lock him down and they couldn't do anything in the second half. So we're winning the game. They they start fouling, you know, when they're down 15 with like two minutes left. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, I didn't say it, but. And one of their guys, the, the chubby guy, wrapped up our big guy trying to get a foul or, or a tie up and wouldn't let go. And our big guy, who I mean, he's like 6'5 and played in Germany. He's a big boy. And he kind of just like broke free like the Incredible Hulk. And the guy's like, hey, hey this is a technical. What the hell And the ref goes, what do you expect him to do? You're bear-hugging him. (laughs) And our bench kind of laughed at the guy, and he did not like that. And at the end of the game, you know, I say, good game, you know, whatever. I dap up guys. I don't mind. Even if there's trash talking, I'm going to say, good game. Hey, you know, it's basketball. And the guy goes, you got four weeks to get better. And I look at him, and I just laugh. And I look up at the scoreboard, and then I just walked away. And I'm like, listen, you guys are going to talk trash after you lost? You talk trash early, then we smoke you out in the second half. and I." Whatever. And now some of these guys might know me. For instance, I went to, this is not a like a flex, but I went to my son's tournament. They got to the championship game Sunday. I mean, this is far from where we live, like an hour away. This awesome town named Rancho Cucamonga. And I'm in the stands and, you know, I, I'm a fiery dad. Of course, I'm getting, trying to get pictures and video of my son. And I'm like, come on, move, you know. And this dad comes up and is like, hey, man, I love your stuff on TV. And I was like caught off guard. And I'm sitting with some of the parents on my son's team. And I was like, "Huh?" He's like, "Oh, I love you on FS1." And I don't think I told the other parents, and they kind of looked at me and I, was like, "Oh, thanks a lot." And I just got back to the game. Listen, I'm not out here saying, "Oh yeah," you talk about sports on TV, even radio, podcasts for a living. Um, but it, it, it's just a, it's a fun thing to be known. But I also have to be careful because you don't want to run your mouth too much, and then somebody pops off. But more important than my rec league basketball exploits, by the way, I joked that we were going to be favored by 14 and a half. We won by 18, covered the spread. Uh, We're playing the second place team in two weeks. They're all right, but we killed them by 30 last time. Um, I need to talk about Deshaun Watson because his suspension is coming down this week. According to the Washington Post, Deshaun Watson's camp believes it will be one year. One year. That's what they're expecting for Watson to get suspended for. Also, the Wall Street Journal said the league's going to push for at least a year, so maybe more. However... There is something, and we talked about it last week with our guest, You know the guy from Cleveland, he was on First Take, uh, Jay Crawford, really interesting stuff. I suggest going back and listen to it because he was all over this. Deshaun Watson is backed by the NFLPA. The NFLPA has a lot of cards that they can play. Hey, we want to see your evidence for the commanders and punishment for Dan Snyder. We need to see it. You're hiding behind it. We need to see it. If you're going to suspend our guy, we need to see what's going on with Snyder. And Oh, by the way, can we still see the evidence for Robert Kraft's uh, prostitution charge? Uh, Can can we see that? Now, it was dropped, but the the, uh, details were never revealed, right? And also, there was the Cowboys situation with Jerry Jones and some behind the scenes. I think there were cheerleaders. There's a lot of stuff in the Cowboys. Bottom line is, there's a lot of stuff the NFLPA is going to say, if you're going to punish our guy like this, we want fair treatment for everyone else. This goes, treat our players the same way you're treating the owners. Now, some people, I'm sure, will laugh at that and say, well, the billionaires, good luck with that. They run the league. They run Goodell. Uh, listen, it could potentially get messy. I don't expect the NFL to reveal anything on Good uh, on uh, Dan Snyder, uh, Robert Kraft. I, there's no way the NFL's giving up what they have. It's just not happening. What probably will happen is they'll say a year, and my guess is the NFL PA will negotiate it down to, like, Eight or 10 games. And, you know, if you think about it, like, can you, could they have suspended Kraft? They're not going to take the team from Kraft. They could take the team from Snyder, but like, how do you punish Kraft for his situation? Right. And that was, I think, before the AFC championship game. Um, and the Cowboys, it, it, it was called like a voyeuristic scandal. Um, like, should there have been punishment there for the team? Like, I, what do you take away draft picks? But what matters more? Deshaun Watson actually playing football or draft picks and fines and stuff. I, I, it, it's, a, it's a kind of an ugly situation, a bit of a morass, if you will, but not how the NFL wants to go into July because, you know, until the games start and practices and scrimmages and all this fun stuff, like this stuff is just going to circulate and it's going to be ugly. I mean, no disrespect for the, to the NHL, but I got a text from a friend, are you talking about the NHL tomorrow? And I was like, what happened? I, I literally did not know that this, somebody won the Stanley Cup. I, I don't even, I mean, I, all I know is Tampa Bay was playing somebody because I have some friends in Tampa who I've seen their posts on Instagram. That's about it. I, I just, I can't get into NHL. Baseball, all-star game is coming up. It's out here in LA. Home run derby is always fun. But uh, going forward, it's going to be NBA this week and a lot of football, uh, especially Deshaun Watson. If he's done for the year, what happens with Baker Mayfield? You know, if, if he's only done for 10 games, what happens with Baker Mayfield. And we've also obviously got some other fun Kyler Murray stuff on the back burner that we're waiting on. I think Kyler's going to be fine, personally. And then we got NBA Kyrie and Kevin Durant this week. Should be a lot of fun. So let's get to our guest now to start your week, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report.
3: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
5: I know what sports fans want.
3: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does.
5: Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a big guest on a Monday morning. He works for Bleacher Report. He's written books. He covers the NBA. He had Draymond Green yell at him at the NBA Finals. He's breaking a lot of news in free agency. Jake Fisher, how you doing, man?
6: Draymond Green did yell at me. Is that something we <laughs> want to talk about?
5: I don't know. We could get to that, or we could open with it. Uh, you know, he's a big guy now. I think he apparently has a podcast or something like that, and um, yeah, he's, he's getting something mouthy because they something they won the championship. Else? I don't know, Dr- <laughs> Jake. How was the uh, how was that encounter?
6: So, look when my bosses at Bleacher Report send me to Boston to write off of that game, the finals are incredibly oversaturated media market, right? Where, especially now where we're not allowed in locker rooms, we have very limited access to players. And I didn't want to also be the guy who's like running into the hallway to chase down a star after his press conference to do the whole little article. Like I talked to Draymond in the hallway while he's doing that. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) um, Listen, listen, I texted a couple of people with Boston because I listened to his podcast after game one. And like it wasn't that he said anything revelatory to an NBA staffer, but this guy who's got, you know, purportedly one of the highest basketball IQs of all time, one of the greatest defensive players the league's ever seen. He's won four titles now. The fact he's doing this after every game, and Celtics coaches are listening. Like if if they weren't listening, if I hadn't texted Boston people and they hadn't said, yeah, we are listening to it, I wouldn't have asked. But to me, that's like an unprecedented thing that was happening in the course of NBA history that like I wanted to at least ask about. If I didn't say the word X's and O's, I think he would have been fine. But he latched onto that clearly and wanted to jump at me and jump down my throat.
5: Yeah, of course. Fun, right? I mean, good for the profile, right? Good for the brand, Jake Fisher brand getting out there. He knows you by name, obviously. Yeah, I mean, um, it's good
6: for the story too, right? Like now certainly. people wanted to read why the question was asked. So,
5: and, and I think it was a legitimate question. You know, some of these guys go out there to try to get their name out there and ask these kind of dopey questions. That was a legitimate one. I mean, we've never seen a guy go and run to a podcast right after the NBA finals just to get his thoughts out there it's it's just it was bizarre. It still is kind of strange to this day. But Jake, we now are entering free agency. I guess it starts in like three or four days. Yep. Um it's gonna get chaotic here. I mean, there's a lot of places we could go. I wanna start with something that happened this weekend. Damian Lillard, one of the few NBA guys I follow on IG, I'm just I like Damian Lillard. I wear his sneakers to play basketball, they're comfortable. Okay. He he put out a photo of him in a Blazers jersey, red, and then talking to Kevin Durant. On the court, like they were teammates, and uh, Durant was wearing a red Blazers jersey, and obviously all these people got worked up on Saturday. I mean, I don't think this is official. That's not really recruiting, but (laughs) what is it? Uh, Is it something? Is it nothing? Obviously, it's Dame's wishful thinking, but what do you characterize it as? Because a lot of dominoes have to fall before we even get close to KD to the Blazers.
6: So I know this is a Monday show, but to pull the curtain back, we're recording this on a Sunday and I haven't spoken to anyone about this since Friday. So my info could be a little outdated, but I'm still working under the assumption that Kyrie and KD are going to, you know, be able to, everyone's going to be able to work this out in Brooklyn. They're all going to be singing Kumbaya on Barclays Center Mm -hmm. and everything will be fine long-term, but, but. Every NBA team that is in, in the contending sphere, let's say, you know, from the teams like Portland who didn't make the playoffs but have ideas of, you know, not just making it but trying to go pretty far next season, they're all preparing for the opportunity for Kevin Durant to hit the trade market. So when that happens, stars talk, right? I mean, I reported about the Dejounte Murray Atlanta Hawks, John Collins talks. Like, from my understanding, uh, Dejounte and Trey Young are talking behind the scenes. Um so this stuff definitely happens. I, I don't know if Deems talked to KD, but yeah, I would say that was definitely an overt uh, recruiting tactic.
5: Oh, okay. We'll call it recruiting. But he, here's the, th- the funny thing with all this Jake. It's like, sure, Damian Lillard would love to get Kevin Durant. Put aside the Kyrie stuff for a minute. If Portland calls Brooklyn for Kevin Durant, it's like they don't you look at the roster, they don't have anything. You know, <laughs> I mean, Anthony Simons is a good young player you're not trading Anthony Simons and they don't even have spare parts to toss in to make up for Durant. There's like 10 other teams ahead of them in line, right? With better offers and younger players?
6: I would think so, yeah. And look, that's what makes this superstar era probably, I think this is the ultimate thing that why it makes it so fascinating is that these players operate sometimes out of the realm of possibility without thinking about the CPA, without thinking about the cap, which is why Teams hire all these lawyers and legal counsel to figure out how to make all the intricate math work. And it's why LeBron and AD are having interviews for their third co-star last summer, right? Remember all the stories about how yeah they had DeMar come through and they reached out to Dame and they talked to Russ. And then ultimately the Lakers front office was working on other alternatives while they were still trying to go after Russ. Like it it is kind of this underbelly of the league where players can't players talking to each other, you know, this is going to be a loaded word, but they can't be policed by the league, by the union. It's like kind of what everyone, all the governing bodies have agreed that they can't really um, govern these players talking to each other, which I think is awesome and it's creating this Instagram stuff that we're talking about right now. And honestly, I think tampering should be full on legal too. Like (laughs) pretty much once you're, once your playing season is over, like once you're out of the playoffs, once your regular season is done and you haven't made it, it's kind of like carte blanche to start talking about deals, talking about things under the table. Like why not we, why not make it a quote unquote legal tampering period and just let all this havoc happen. And then we can be talking about it year round and not having to kind of dance around the topics and talk, walk on eggshells to not get anybody in, in tampering yeah. trouble.
5: I, I sort of agree with you on that. Um, while we're on Kevin Durant, I'll just say, I said there's like at least 10 teams ahead of Portland one of the teams at the top has to be Phoenix, given the DeAndre Ayton situation, right? DeAndre Ayton, perhaps, and Mikhail Bridges, who's slated to make $20 million next year. You know, listen, I, I don't know if that's a, as great of a package as you're going to get, but would you agree that Phoenix, uh, again, we're assuming Kyrie Irving goes nuclear and leaves and, and takes the mid-level, which is crazy. It's not going to happen. But if if you're Phoenix, I think you've probably got a decent shot at Kevin Durant. Like, how many teams can match a potential all-star center and a three and D wing that, you know, half to lead covets.
6: That's a good point. I also would say that Miami is the team that mm. other teams always talk about as watch out for what they can do. I mean, I haven't heard an update on the Tyler hero contract situation, but that seems to be a little bit in flux. You know, they have got Duncan Robinson. They've got other players that, would seem to be expendable, let's say, to the Heat, Um, and they've got four first-round picks to trade. Like when it comes to Donovan Mitchell potentially requesting a trade in Utah, when it comes to Bradley Beal's contract situation in Washington, the Wizards are always – Wizards, excuse me. The Heat are always mentioned by other teams as like, oh, man, let's hope they don't push their chips into the table because Miami is always big game hunting.
5: Yeah, and obviously Miami, uh, the tax situation very favorable. Kevin Durant, I believe, still single. Like Miami's as good of a city as it's going to get. And you know, uh, Pat Riley, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, like that. That's a that's a sweet situation. But yeah. again, we're getting ahead of the curve with KD. Let's back up. You you mentioned John uh, Collins for Dejounte Murray. It didn't happen at the draft, but by all accounts, Collins is going to be on the move. I'm just curious, like, what
6: is the market for this guy? Is he a zero time All Star? He's a zero-time All-Star. And look, I I don't want to say something that's going to make Atlanta's job more difficult. I don't think I really could because, I mean, I only cover what's happening behind the scenes. Everyone behind the scenes knows what's happening, right? I think it's funny sometimes where I see people on Twitter say like, oh, this only got written, this only got leaked from this person's perspective or this team's perspective because, A, I don't get leaked anything, man. Like, I'm getting tips and I'm I'm writing stuff that probably – people don't want out there and B, right. That's the juicy stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and B like, if I'm writing it, everyone in the league knows that already most people in the league know it mostly too, um, especially on like a trade call like that. Um, and look, the Hawks called left and right to try to find a new home for him before the draft. I was told repeatedly, their goal was to move him prior to the draft, just like the Pistons did with Jeremy Grant. The fact that they didn't, you know, honestly, that, that that is a tough sign for the Hawks. It, it, it is, mm. um, you know, because they basically said, who wants this guy? And, I mean, I, I, I there is interest for sure. I just think another thing that's complicating matters with John Collins is that Atlanta has their hands in a lot of different cookie jars. Like, they've been talking about Rudy Gobert. They've been linked to DeAndre Ayton. Um, I mean, the DeJounte thing is definitely a John Collins you know, trade conversation. But, I mean, they're just – you can't trade John Collins for four different guys. Right. So, um, and also like Deandre is a a restricted free agent, you know, Rudy, I think the jazz are kind of, um, holding out and and seeing what their best offer is going to be too. So Jeremy Grant was a domino to fall. Right. But it didn't have a domino effect where the other moves, happened off of it so we're still kind of waiting to see what is going to be that big move of the offseason that's then going to spark all the other dominoes to fall and you know maybe it is the john collins trade but now i definitely think that it's trending in the direction of something else has to happen first before collins gets moved
2: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
5: Jake, I think you'd agree the Hawks make the conference finals two years ago. Trey Young was just magnificent in that playoff run, and then they try to run it back essentially, and it did not work. And um, you know Collins has a big contract. He he had he averaged twenty one and ten. It looks like what two years ago, but in the it, when the COVID season uh, hit, and so you know he's like a what is he a six seventeen and seven guy who maybe could shoot thirty seven percent from three. Like I, I I just don't know like. I know this is going to sound crazy, but Jake, a guy like Grant Williams, who we saw in the finals for the Celtics and the playoffs, I feel like Grant Williams is like a much better contract and situation than a guy like John
6: Collins, right? He's definitely a better contract. Um, yeah. John's a very good player, and he does have value around the league. I think you know, his deal is 5 twenty five. I don't know off the top of my head if it's ascending or descending, but it's 25 average annual no value, right? I do think there's a lot of people around the league who think that's pretty strong value but you have to you have to love john collins if, if you want yeah. to trade for him with i mean there's still four years left on that deal yeah um, i mean you, you really gotta want to be able to build around him at that number which you know if you think he's the, capable of being the third best player on a championship team then, then you go for it and and look he definitely had talked. he definitely was being talked about with sacramento and portland and san antonio um, and Utah, I know Boston called to, to go to your Great Williams point at one point. I don't think the talks between Boston and Atlanta got very serious, though. It's why I never wrote them. Um, but th- they've had interest for sure. It's um, just a matter of finding a deal that I think Atlanta clearly thinks is going to make them better. That that's That's where they're at because Atlanta has designs of getting back to that conference final level that you talked about.
5: Um, let's go to the other guy uh, in the Collins alleged deal, the DeJounte Murray aspect. And I got to say, when I, when I first saw you report that, I was like, that's why, why would they move off DeJounte Murray? I thought he was a good player. He is. Um, you know, his stats are pretty good. I It looks like among point guards, he was fourth in player efficiency rating. He's young. He's, he plays defense. Um, I, I don't think he's the number one on a team. Why are the Spurs looking to move off of him?
6: So I don't think the Spurs are like actively looking to move off of him. I do think they're very open to exploring and, and listening to offers for, for two reasons. One, um, it's mostly financial, I think, being that he's on like a 16, 17 million dollar deal right now that's going to expire at the end of next season. So 2024, yes. he'll be a free agent. And the way the cap works, the Spurs will only be ever be able to offer him 120% raise of his current deal, which is going to be well below what his max contract will be. So basically it's kind of like what the situation the Mavericks are in right now with jalen Brunson because they did not come to an extension agreement. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um the Spurs Dejounte Murray in 2024 is going to become an unrestricted free agent because because they can't come to an extension deal that's going to be high enough uh to meet his wishes. Um so it's kind of the opposite of Jalen where from my understanding, Brunson's people were saying, hey, give us this extension that is a max of 456 that we can do in season. And, you know, the Mavs didn't do it. And now after the deadline, Jalen Brunson was not going to do it because that was far lower than the number he knew he was going to get on the open market, right? I think the Spurs were trying to preempt that situation in 2024, where he's already a 25-year-old multi-time All-Star, but they're still not like San Antonio made the 10 seed last year. They had a little play and run to get there, but like the Spurs still aren't necessarily trying to take that next step to, to move into the competition of moving up the ranks of the playoff standings in the West. So I think if you can move DeJounte Murray potentially at the peak of his value right now, it could be, you know, probably the best value play for San Antonio.
5: Yeah. I I think that makes sense. Um, I'm just curious, Jake, DeJounte Murray, can he be the best player on a finals contender?
6: I'm not sure we've seen that right now, but right. I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very big fan of him. I think he would mm-hmm. easily be a number two. I think he
5: could be a two. Okay, so he could yeah. be maybe a Jalen Brown if you have a Jason Tatum.
6: Look, if I'm the Knicks right now, we were just talking about Jalen Brunson, right? If I'm the Knicks right now, I would call San Antonio yesterday and say, "Would <laughs> you take Emmanuel quickly, Evan Fournier's contract, and three first-round picks?" Because if that's three, price, that's the price I've been told that they're asking for three. But the Knicks just got three in the draft for the number eleven pick. So you could basically turn the number 11 pick Evan Fournier and Emmanuel quickly into DeJounte Murray. That sounds like a win to me.
5: It does. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize three for Murray. Uh, the Spurs are not in a position of uh, strength here from this deal, though. Like, it, it sounds like he's a goner. They can't, they're they not going to be able to afford him. So I, three picks seems like a lot. But let, let's go to the Knicks. I've been a Knicks fan forever. I, I like Brunson. I tried to do research on this, Jake. It appears that. Brunson wanted a deal before last season. Mm-hmm. They said the Mavs said no. Then the price went up at the deadline, and the Mavs said no. And now the price is skyrocketing, and the Mavs have a decision to make. That's, of course, reminds me of the great quote from the Wire: "Yesterday's price is not today's price." No, sir. And I, I, what? It sounds like Brunson. A lot of people are claiming that
6: Brunson's like a done deal to the Knicks. I don't know if it's a done deal, but I mean the momentum is certainly shifted that direction. I mean. I had heard, I talked about on my podcast, I had heard that Brunson was telling teammates and former teammates, you know, it's basically like a done deal. I'm going back to Dallas. And now that is not what the word is. The word is definitely that New York is coming. They're going to make an aggressive offer. The number is definitely at least four 100. I've got people I know who are prepared for that number to be, you know, closer to 110. But, I mean, you said, you know, will Dallas be able to match? Like, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If Jalen just wants to go to New York and they are dropping him a fat bag, he can just take it. The Mavericks can't match it. I mean, they can try to give him a fifth year with more money. Um, but even still, like, it'll be Jalen's decision at the end of the day. It's not like DeAndre Ayton as a restricted free agent um, in Phoenix. So, Yeah, I mean, someone asked me what are the odds he goes to New York versus Dallas on my show on Thursday. I said 50-50, which might sound like a cop-out. But look, like the the John Collins situation that we just talked about where there's five different teams who have talked, and he could go this way or that way, whatever. In the NBA, if something has a 50% chance of happening, that's pretty damn high. So the fact that, I mean, Detroit was linked for a while there to be a suitor, Indiana as well. I would heard Atlanta even checked in on that because – with Gisante right like the Hawks are definitely looking at pairing trey with a, with a with a pretty high, like high caliber backcourt mate. that's kind of what their idea is. Um, I, I don't think they, they were in they were involved on uh, CJ McCollum's trade talks before he went to New Orleans and Derek White before he went to Boston. Um, now
5: hold on, Jake. When you say high powered, do you mean defensive minded? Because probably. obviously, a lot of people see Trey and think Curry, and Curry, of course, early on. Oh, he can't defend anybody. Well, we got Clay, who was their primary defender as a shooting guard. Is that the kind of scenario Atlanta's looking to mimic?
6: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I think that's their ideal situation, like with, the, with Dejounte, right? But I mean, CJ McCollum was not that right. Yeah. Derek White, no. I think, was more of the defensive side of things. I think they're just looking for primarily a secondary ball handler who could even kind of help Trey work off the ball sometimes like Steph does. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, back, back to Brunson, like the fact that his market now is down to just Dallas and New York, and it seems to be like pretty much one or the other, depending on what happens here, that is a pretty uh, dramatic chain of events. And I think yeah. that, that, that it is like, will he stay or will he go to New York is, is something that you know, a lot of people on the league are talking about.
5: So let me ask about this if Dallas loses Brunson financially that's can can they how do they fill that void Because that's not ideal like he was their second best player Now I know Hardaway was gone um, and Hardaway will be back and obviously um, they added someone I forgot who they added recently
6: um. Spencer Dinwiddie at the trade. Din, uh,
5: well, Dinwiddie, but so, I thought they added... So, oh, a Christian, Christian Wood, right? Christian Wood. Christian Wood, nice player. Like They've got several guys who could fill that 2 role. I think they'll be okay, but it's not great to lose a guy and get nothing in return, right?
6: It's oh, terrible. And uh, it's a very bad outcome for Dallas if it happens. Um, from my understanding, with all the cap flexibility stuff, they will not have another move up their sleeve. And, and Dinwiddie will have been the you know, backup option that, you know, I don't, depending on who you talk to, he wasn't, they don't say that Dinwiddie was directly acquired at the deadline to be their fit, their fail safe if Jalen were to leave. I think they were ideally going to keep everyone, right? But look, that's kind of where things are going to stand. If Jalen does walk, they're going to be, you know, approaching the tax, probably having to pay the tax, if they don't make another move regardless yeah. of if Jalen stays or not. So they are not going to have flexibility to replace him which is why this is such a hot button topic and why Mavericks fans are on the edge of their seat right now.
5: And I know I say I'm a Knicks fan but my dog starts freaking out anytime the Knicks are in a, in a panic mode. But I'll say this, I'm a big Luka guy. And, and the only thing I would say that Dallas has going for it in this deal Jake is that Mark Cuban is worth a ton of money and it feels like he got close. I ha- my gut tells me he's going to be willing to match anything. Or even possibly overpay for Brunson, given his financial situation. Would you agree or no?
6: The Mavs are very motivated to keep him. I, yeah. I do think this is just an educated mess. I, I do think they're going to have to put a really fat five-year deal, probably similar, if not higher, to the John Collins contract we talked about, 5 one wow. in order to keep him. I really do think that's the one bird that Dallas has in their hand.
5: Yeah, I, I don't hate that. All right, let's get to the uh, the guy who I thought was going to be the biggest name, Jake, is my guy, Zach Levine. I am a Zach Levine truther. I love his game, everything about him. Uh, about about a month ago, he was going to be the big name this summer. And then, of course, Donovan Mitchell and Kyrie and KD come up. Uh, what's what's the latest on Zach Levine in Chicago? A lot of chatter out here in L.A. that he he would love to get back to the West Coast.
6: Yeah, there was a lot of chatter. that He'd want to go to the Lakers. He'd want to go to Portland. I, ironically, there was a lot of San Antonio buzz where he, he could have become... <laughs> the top option there playing alongside Dejounte, which I thought was ironic, obviously, because San Antonio was where DeMar DeRozan was previously. Um, and he wanted to get out to go join a competitive Eastern conference team like Chicago. But I, th- I do think despite all the talk of, of Zach wanting to potentially have his like true own team and be the number one scoring option, because DeMar is that guy in Chicago, right? DeMar is the guy with the ball in his hands as the clock is ticking down in the fourth quarter purportedly zach had cared about that the, the 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 intel now though has been pretty strong for you know, about two weeks that he will be going back um it seems like there's going to be some haggling over the fifth year and the fact that he's got a, a lingering knee issue i think has brought some cause for concern on the bull side of things to give him a full five-year max but Everyone I've talked to is pretty much expecting him to go back to Chicago or to re-sign, And mm. the Bulls are trying to figure out their front court situation now to kind of really solidify um, whether Vucevic or somebody else or a, a guy behind Vuce can really help be the center um, that holds down that lineup with him and DeMar and Lonzo.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is!
2: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
5: Let's go to uh, my guy, Donovan Mitchell, another guy like we briefly touched on him. Like Utah loses Snyder, Gobert and Mitchell, you know, fractious. uh, If you read between the tea leaves on Instagram, something I probably shouldn't do. Donovan (laughs) Mitchell seems like he's ready to move on, but easier said than done. What's your vibe there? Like who is in the mix besides Miami and allegedly New York?
6: No, I think. I'm I'm very, very, very prepared for Donovan to, to still be in Utah, at least through the All-Star game next mm. February, where the Jazz are hosting the All-Star game in Salt Lake City. And silly as it could be understood by certain people, like, I really do think that's an important thing to the Jazz, to Jazz owner Ryan Smith, just like in Cleveland last year, how... Darius Garland and Jared Allen were all stars and Evan Moby Mm. played in the whole rookie sophomore thing. And they, you know, it was like a big Cleveland moment, right? Like they want Donovan to be there. I mean, they have these new jerseys this season to kind of be in line with the all star weekend stuff. By the way,
5: Jake, did you see those jerseys?
6: They're not great. They're really Even jazz fans that
5: I know were just like, Jay, these are terrible. I mean, they're, they're ugly. I like sorry, the Purple Mountain
6: one, though. But. The
5: Purple Mountain one's okay, but there was a forest green throwback back in the day when Gordon Hayward was there that I really wanted badly, and then Hayward left, and I was like, mm, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, continue, sorry.
6: But yeah, it's similar to the Ben Simmons situation where like if he does request a trade, he's still got a lot of years left on his deal. I think it's three, and the Jazz don't have to trade him to where he wants to go. Like The Knicks, they're not going to have the best offer for him. Miami definitely mm-hmm. could, like we talked about. But it depends on, I mean, if this happens in February and Kevin Durant becomes available in the heat, go trade for Kevin Durant. Like, then they're not going to be the best option, right? So, um, it's always going to be a sliding scale of of what happens and who's available. Um, But as things are presently comprised, I mean, the Knicks do have all those picks now. So, maybe they could get more of an attack. Like, if they can throw five first at the Jazz for Donovan Mitchell, I mean, the Jazz would probably have to listen to that but in terms, Five. Of, in terms of that's plus. more than
5: Anthony Davis warranted, exactly. right?
6: Exactly. And, and I looked at this
5: I don't think Donovan Mitchell's ever been all NBA.
6: I don't know if he has off top market.
5: That's weird because Anthony Davis, uh, you know, I, he had more playoff flameouts than Donovan Mitchell did. So I, I that's a tough one. Five first, but the Knicks are that desperate, right? Yeah. They've whiffed on everybody forever.
6: Yeah, they could be.
5: Um so, uh, All right, a couple yeah. more real quick uh Jake um I'm hearing some stuff about D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota, right? So at the draft, they get a big, the kid, seven foot one kid, North Carolina to Auburn, Walker Kessler to pair with Cat because Cat Plant can't play defense. (laughs) Anthony Edwards clearly is the guy. D'Angelo Russell was benched late in the Minnesota series, uh, Minnesota Memphis series. It sounds like Russell could be on the move again. I just don't know what they're looking at. Have you heard of anything?
6: So they're definitely looking to move D'Angelo Russell. This is a situation unlike John Collins, where I'm not expecting him to actually get moved because I really don't see much of a market for him. When, when, when Minnesota did acquire him from Golden State, I got people who were in the front office at the time who said to me that you know there there really wasn't any other bidders for him. Like maybe New York was the only other one that we were <laughs> talking about. So if New York is going after Jalen Brunson or maybe Kyrie or Malcolm Brogdon or Donovan, like. I think D'Angelo is on the Knicks list of, of like potential options to play point guard for them next year. Shh. I don't think he's high on top of it. I don't think anyone around the league is desperate to go take on his $30 million this season because he's not just an expiring contract. I've been told he is looking for an extension. Um, I mean, he's, I believe, 27, 28. So, like, yeah, I, I understand he would be looking for an extension. Yeah. But- I don't see anyone who's like rushing to the table to do that. And he, I'm very prepared for him to be back in Minnesota, even though the Wolves are are absolutely exploring their trade options for him.
5: It's so weird. He came out of Ohio State, rose way up the draft uh, board. I think he went number two overall. I mean, Jake, yeah. Lakers, Brooklyn, Warriors, Timberwolves. He's only 25 years old. 25. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry, 26. He's 26. Okay. Sorry, turned yeah. 26 and February. Young. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, the the one team I did hear that was interested was Washington to pair him with Beal because they didn't have a point guard, and then they go draft Johnny Davis. So it's like, I think they got Johnny Davis, right? Yeah, number
6: ten. The Wizards yeah. are still so like, going a look for point guards, though. I will say so. I'm not, I'm right. not ruling it just because they got Johnny Davis. I think they're still going to look for veteran point guards here. Yeah.
5: All right. Briefly on while we're on Bradley Beal, it's he's going to stay in Washington. I just Jake, I look at he's made a lot of money. He's never won really anything. Like at some point, don't you look yourself in the mirror and say, man, this is a fun run, but I would like to go win. I'd like to be playing in June. I I don't know.
6: Yeah, I believe he's going to take the money and stay, but that he will ultimately be requesting a trade out of Washington (laughs) when the contract expires. That is my educated guess.
5: So that's the move, right? I'll take your contract. And then, by the way, we have a wink, wink deal. Hey, if this goes south and we're like 25, 30 wins, you will trade me. And Washington will probably
6: say, sure, yeah, yeah, deal. I don't know if it's a wink wink deal, but yeah, I mean I I've said this a lot when yeah, before Giannis re-signed his supermax in Milwaukee, before they won the title, his people were absolutely saying to each other and you know to him, like, look, if this doesn't work out, we take the money and we run. Like, like it's fine. No one's gonna hold it against us. Like the Bucks didn't build a title contender around us. Then they win yeah. and call Kumbaya and it's fine. But Ben Simmons, you know, he took the super not the supermax, but his max that Philly could have offered, and then Turned right around and said, oh, I don't like how Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers said this about me post-game in Game 7. I'm yeah. out. So, yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal could do the same thing. Dominic could, could do the same thing in Utah.
5: That makes sense. All right. Um, real quick, just because I like to take jabs at uh, Michael Jordan, and you wrote a book about tanking. Um What an embarrassment, right? They try to hire Atkinson. He says, sure. And then he says, ah, no thanks. And the the, the desperate Michael Jordan Hornets have to go back and add Steve Clifford. I mean, were people texting you around the league laughing about this?
6: Yeah. I I mean, look, to be fair, I do think Steve Clifford in a vacuum for this team is a pretty decent outcome and a pretty good hire. But yes, the fact that (laughs) they fired a guy with guaranteed money in James Borrego, who they just re-signed, you know, nine months prior, and then hired Kenny Atkinson, who then, you know, from from all, all accounts from my reporting, a, a big reason why he backed out of that deal was contract stuff with his, um, with his assistants and other things that, you know, kind of the Hornets were pulling a bit of a bait and switch behind the scenes on with him um, yeah. to then have to go and rush to hire a guy who you fired four years ago. Yeah, it's something that people in the league are talking about. They're not looking at the Hornets as an example banner franchise right now. I'll tell you that.
5: Yeah, this is just another bad look for Jordan. What do you what by bait and switch, what do you mean? That they told Atkinson one thing and then when he went to sign the contract, they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, we control this.
6: Um, I don't want to say too much, but I'll say that yeah, certain thing like every coach is different, right? Certain coaches want to have you know their fingerprints on every roster decision and stuff like that. I think, I think sometimes I'm not saying that's exactly what happened here, but um, I think sometimes in the interview process or what have you, teams will, will give a a picture that this is what the situation will be like. And then once you get there and you're actually talking about, you know, it's the week of the draft and what your role is going to be on draft week and stuff like that. I think maybe it wasn't exactly as advertised.
5: All right, uh, second to last, we will touch on Kyrie Irving. We'll save the Lakers for the end. Kyrie Irving, I mean, listen, a lot can happen in the next, what, 96 hours, 72, however many days he's got until he has to make a decision. But it sounds like increasingly he does want to stay and work it out with Brooklyn, but he has to project the opposite, which is kind of the opposite of what's happening with the Lakers right now. (laughs) But he has to say, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done, Uh, see ya. goodbye. Kevin Durant also is going to want to leave. He has to say that to get his deal What's your best guess, Jake, on what the Nets and Kyrie settle on? Is it a two plus one? Is it a one plus one? Do you think
6: Kyrie can force his way into the max? I don't think he's getting a full four or five year max from Brooklyn. I don't think that's happening. Could they find a two plus one? Maybe. Could they find an opt-in with two years or like the second, the third year is like partially guaranteed, something like that? Maybe. Um I think I think yeah, two three years is probably what the number is going to end up, or the 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 length is going to end up being. Same thing with James Harden in Philly, Um, they're just gonna. I mean, they need to have continual, ongoing conversation about expectations for next season, for commitment to the team, all that jazz. Because I mean, he's played a third of the games he could have played in their first three years with him being in Brooklyn, right? So like, that's obviously not ideal for a guy that you're paying you know maximum level money. So yeah, they need to figure that out, but. Yeah, to your point, I think you said it earlier in the show, or maybe just now too, like no one is expecting him to take the one year non taxpayer mid level to go to the Lakers. Like, if he's this, you know, adamant about getting a four year max from Brooklyn, like, you really think he's just going to flee and take six million somewhere else? I, no, 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 yeah. one, no one's preparing for that.
5: Well, I was going to say, do you think what's more likely he, re- he straight up says, I'm retiring, or he takes the mid level six or $10 million or whatever?
6: Probably the. I think he probably takes a $7 million to play with LeBron in L.A. before. What? do.
5: Yeah, I do. Well, first of all, okay, now to the Lakers. Do you think LeBron really wants to play with him, Jake?
6: Seriously. I mean, I think LeBron really wants to win another ring. Steph just tied him, right? Like, he's chasing the goat. He wants six rings. And Kyrie's going to get you there? did in 2016
5: five six years ago Jake stop come on
6: he's still one of the most skilled players in NBA history according to all the he got Jake he got swept in the first round by the Celtics and he was bad he wasn't great in that series yes but
5: I mean he's hurt every year in the playoffs I mean come on LeBron has to have a better card up his sleeve than hey let's bring on Kyrie Irving Please tell me he has something.
6: I don't know. I mean, I don't see a Russell Westbrook trade. I don't see them having much more flexibility to do anything besides that non-taxpayer mid-level. That's kind of their best option to add more talent right now.
5: Oh, this is just, this is dispiriting if you're a Laker fan. And it is interesting. He has talked up Anthony Davis on IG. I've seen nothing about Russell Westbrook in in the last like month.
6: Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, I mean, Rob Polinka, I think even said something very candidly in the post-draft uh, press stuff, like if Westbrook is here, if, 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 not like the, no, he'll be here. He's our guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, I also, I have not heard anything serious with Russ. I mean, the Charlotte buzz has never really gone away about could they do something with Gordon Hayward and um, other contracts there. But like, other than that, I mean, the Indian stuff I, with Malcolm Brogdon doesn't seem that legitimate. The Rockets I mean that wall doesn't seem real. So I don't know where he's going to go. I don't see him. Really I'll be honest.
5: Offense. I would take, Hayward in a heartbeat Brogdon in a heartbeat, even if you have to attach and you probably would at one or two of the first round picks, I think you've got to do something, right? You can't just run this back.
6: Yeah. They, I mean, the Lakers have been projecting all along that they do not want to trade a pick to get off Russ. us. So if they, if they hold that stance firm, then like, I don't see a deal happening.
5: Oof. All right. Jake Fisher. He <laughs> is, I mean, he covers the league for the bleacher report does a great job. He also wrote a book, Built to lose how the NBA's tanking era changed the league forever. I, by the way, I love the idea of tanking. I liked your book. I, I think tanking for Big Vic out of France next year makes sense. I just don't know who's gonna do it. OKC's kind of has is like on the uptick. I think Houston's on the uptick. Uh, give me a sleeper team that could tank and end up uh
6: with Big Vic. San Antonio. If they if they move to Jante Murray, I I do oh. think they could be a real stealthy team to go. I mean, they, they, they're one of the, the original breeding grounds of international
5: yeah. Talent, right? Yeah. Tim Duncan, David Roberts, good stuff. All right, Jake, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Allstate wants to remind
0: fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.